Welcome to episode 17 of the PFS Power Podcast. We're your hosts, Rob and Scott, and we're here to shine a light on the people that are doing amazing things for our profession. Today, Will Robbins, editor of New Model Advisor, joins us on the show. Will, thank you very much for joining us. How are you getting on? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, working from home today, uh, but absolutely no need. I could well have come into the office. <laughs> I think that's the same for most of us. <laughs> um, like Rob said, Will, thanks for coming on. You're pretty much our first sort of non-financial planning guest, which is quite exciting. Are you right just to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Wow, what, a, what an honour. Um, <laughs> thanks thanks for having me. Um, yeah, a, a little bit about myself. Um, I mean, where do I start? I mean, people like to say, talk, talk about their sort of you know the university I went I, I studied philosophy at university uh, I did a master's in that so I did a number of years of philosophy uh, and when I was starting to do uh, job interviews for financial publications in sort of 2008-9 there was often asked what the relevance of that degree was to financial services but but I always said it was about learning uh, of new topics very quickly and, and learning how to sort of deconstruct them and argue them and, and actually that's that's been incredibly helpful um I sort of get you know when I, you know get especially get when I got my first job at CityWire and they said I was covering the pensions beat um I thought I was be, I thought I was going to be doing private banks guys uh, you know and, and uh, I'd had a, had a job doing that with some you know at another publication um talking to people in Switzerland and things so but you know, I got to, got to grips with pensions, and it was actually joining doing the pensions beat in 2010 was a, a gift from God. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Steve Webb, George Osborne <laughs> for, for, for those golden years. Thanks very much. But um, yeah, so so that's you know, but yeah, I joined joined CityWire in 2010 after a couple of years uh in the in the in the wilderness doing in, in various internships and uh other kinds of of of, uh, of, of unpaid labor um and uh, yeah joined in 2010 at new model advisor as a very green and naive pub <laughs> reporter um and uh sort of survived that <laughs> and uh, and sort of and sort of climbed up climbed up from then yeah Brilliant stuff. And for our listeners that might not have heard of New Model Advisor, what what is it, and what is what does your job entail? Yeah, this is this is really important. So, New Model Advisor is a publication for uh, professional financial planners. That's always been on the uh, on the cover, I think, uh, or, or very prominent. Um, you know, we're a magazine. We've been a weekly magazine for, for years. That's obviously become uh, that's changed a bit. Um, you know, n n nothing hidden. There's a shift to digitization uh, for for a number of reasons. You know, but what one of them actually being sustainability. A lot of people don't want that many mags uh, in in their offices these days. But we still do. We'll still be, do, be carrying it on just to a lesser extent. But yeah, we're a magazine and a website for uh, for financial advisors. And um, you know, we do news. We break news, exclusive news. Um, we try to obviously make sure that um our readers are getting uh the new obviously the the news quickly but the the real story of what's going on whether that's you know to whether that's to do with you know their own uh professional societies uh whether it's to do with businesses that they're in their market whether it's to do with investment whether it's to do with the regulator or as i said pe 
pension policies and what's going on in politics. There's a big, obviously, a big news agenda. But obviously, New Model Advisor has always been a business magazine as well. I think that's always what set it out. Um, people have called that practice management. We've always been really strong on that. And it goes back to when we founded the magazine. You know, the, the, we had this idea of putting advisors on the cover and doing profiles. And, um, you know, it's focusing on that small business where we're talking about the advisor as an advisor, but also the advisor as someone running a business. Uh, and, and obviously the sort of personal side as well. And that sort of has run through everything we've done ever since. Um, so, so we do a lot of that, and obviously um, things things have evolved and businesses got bigger. But that's always been important. But crucially, you know, when New Model Advisor was was founded, it was before the RDR was announced, and the whole point of the magazine and the uh, Cromwellian name of of it being New Model uh, was to was to capture this idea of of a of a core of financial planners who wanted to do things more professionally. And at the time, that did mean uh, charging fees rather than, you know, rather than dependence on commission. And, you know, to an extent, it meant, you know, uh, you know, potentially sort of getting some qualifications and things like that. But, you know, it was it was, it was fee, fee charging was was one of the big ones and, and a number of other things about making your business more sustainable. And so when, you know, when RDR happened, I guess it, it could have kind of um, taken over that, but it was sort of we're in the right place and sort of we were able also to hold the FCA to account on what it was doing with RDR. Would it actually progress those progress professional values and progress the profession? Uh, and we've always been, you know, a bit, a bit militant about that, you know, be, you know, we wanted to write about uh, the good advisors and we wanted, I mean, that sounds very pompous, doesn't it? But the point of being that, you know, there was this challenge with RDR about sort of, you know, people perhaps leaving the profession and we didn't obviously want to see that, but it was about making, you know, we always wanted to support the, those, those enrich that core, those core values. Uh, and, and we're, very, I guess, very vocal about the fee debate, which is what it boiled down to. So that's, that's us. And obviously that's 2013 now that the RDR happened. And so we've had to kind of keep evolving the new model. You know, um, we couldn't stay stuck in, well, 2005, we couldn't stay stuck in 2013. Um, but, you know, that's come, I think, you know, it's in terms of running a business more professionally, it's been about maybe growing the business, running your smaller business with some of those bigger business uh, attributes, um, you know, sustainability. And that that's not just of green sustainability, although that increasingly is interesting part of the picture. Um, but but just the sustainability of a business, will it keep on going? Will it be passed on? Um, you know, no, nothing against firms that that sell, you know, absolutely. But we but we do like, you know, that, that idea of a firm that's going to be passed on uh, and that has succession plans. I, I would say that's that's new new model. Maybe we go out on a limb there to say it's new model. Um, but it's, you know, I, I always sort of it's the mum test for me often. <laughs> You know, would I? Who would I send? Who would I send my my mum to as an advisor? Um, and sometimes I, I want to make sure that's a business that's stable. Yeah. So that is the business that has plans for the future, but also is investing in its its staff. It's bringing on young staff, the next gen. We've been very supportive of next gen, um, but also a business that makes money. You know, we want that that that, that is commercially successful, commercially viable, um, and uh, and profitable. That's important too. No, for sure, for sure as well. And on someone, from someone, um, Will, that 
sees a lot of the the industry, speaks to a lot of people in the industry, covering sort of wealth management, IFAs, etc. What do you, what sort of, would you be able to share your insights and what you think's changed since you first started um, and sort of what your view of how things are going? What a, what a question. That is, uh, it's, it's a bit, you know, what a question. You know, what has changed? I suppose it's, it's the, the level of qualification is massively different. It's massively different. I see this most with the next, with what we call next gen. I'm sure yeah. it's, it's, a, it's across the board, but I, I, I bring up the next, the next gen, uh, a specific, a specific uh, thing that we do called the top 35, where we are, we ask people under 35 to apply. So it's, it's sort of, you know, we've narrowed it down artificially, but we, but we, you know, looked at the qualifications and very quickly it became difficult to run the top 35 based on qualifications because the first time we ran it, oh God, I can't remember when that was, several years ago, there, there was sort of, you know, you'd have these sort of people working towards level four and you'd have a couple above that. Now, unless I'm much mistaken, th- this level sixes are re- like really, really common. Um, and obviously these are people hoping they'd get into a top 35. So, you know, that, that might be part of it. But I just contrasting that, of course, to you know, again, there's an element of artificiality in this, but, you know, contrasting that to the to the days when I joined in the years running up to RDR, where people were struggling to get through that, those exams to get there, to get their level four. And again, this was something perhaps they weren't prepared for in the later in their careers. But but that's the difference, you know, for whatever reason, it's not blaming anyone saying you couldn't do these exams, you didn't want to, but just that it's the bare fact that there's a lot of young young advisors with very high levels of qualification come in and it's almost you know what well, it is a I mean obviously level four is but that that higher level of qualification is almost becoming a hygiene factor now so so that's been a big big difference I you can see that filtering filtering through I think um into 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 how you know the the nature of the conversations that the advisors having with each other and um and uh, and with, with our with ourselves um you know that so i think that's that's been a big that's been a big factor some debates have moved on more slowly <laughs> you know i think that you know we talked about fees you know that that's been a dif- difficult one to move move uh, along there was you know that momentum that was going to that new model i core that were saying well we're going to try and do things differently that was sort of uh usurped by rdr so there was an element of the a rising tide lifted all boats, but also possibly to c- continue the nautical theme, took the wind out of the sails of, of kind of radical reform when it comes to fees. Though, of course, at the end of the day, firms need, needed, to, needed to survive. And, uh, and, and, you know, you've got, you know, it was important that, that, that firms used fees in a way that made them profitable, especially around ongoing fees to make sure that ongoing service was deliverable, which is actually, I think, sh- shouldn't be dismissed. It, it's, a, it's really, really important that people have an ongoing relationship and these yeah. these relationships can last lifetimes. So so I think that's perhaps you know, one area that, that perhaps uh, will, will, is due for continued discussion and debate and criticism, but uh, where I think there needs to be kind of you know yeah we could see more change but it needs to be kind of careful not not careful and not too too uh too too blunt if you see what I mean 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's interesting. That especially the bit around professionalism. I think that like the qualification piece as well. You're right. It's kind of standard now that you're that it's kind of like everyone's aspiring to the level six, level four, which was prior to that kind of like the yeah you, you you've almost done enough. It's like no, you haven't now. <laughs> Got to yeah. keep on keep pressing on with that and keep progressing. That's a really interesting point. Just following on from Scott's question there around kind of you seeing a lot of um, speaking to a lot of planners or IFAs or wealth managers or whatever they want to call themselves. What, what areas of our sort of profession do you think from an outsider's perspective, because I think sometimes we are looking at it internally and we forget that there are people out there that probably can also scrutinize it, which is helpful, that kind of helpful feedback. What areas do you think that we perhaps need to work on more or, or, or focus our attention on, do you think, to kind of keep pushing things forward? so many soft questions here <laughs> so easy no I, you know where things where advice look uh the, the 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 thing that i've been working on in the last kind of uh, over last year uh sort of new project we're working on was was get, actually getting to speak to a client of an advisor which um i'll dwell on slightly because it was for me quite a big deal I don't think journalists really speak to advice clients unless something's gone wrong like they're usually an ex-client and that's certainly as a reporter that I spoke to plenty of ex-clients um who who were going to tell me how they'd been you know they'd lost money on something and and, and things like that um but uh not not as many of those stories these days thankfully but um but but uh, you know to speak to someone who was kind of not just a, a client or a former client but someone who's a, you know currently a client of that advisor um so obviously an area of i would imagine great sensitivity um and, and very precious relationship for that uh for that advice firm was i thought something that that i hadn't seen a lot so um i did uh but sort of working with uh, advisor james wallace uh from aristotle financial planning uh, who had got in contact through through the through next gen planners in fact um we sort of found a couple of clients that he thought i'd like to speak to and who were um a couple of characters basically alice and andy and uh, and and ch- chatted to them now without going too far into that they th- essentially they were, they were an older couple not very wealthy and in poor health and so uh but but james had done a, you know it was a pos- obviously going to be a positive story but he he'd done a great job um, with a lot of ba- budgeting, really, and, and using pensions and using the, the functionality of pensions to to make sure that uh, they could provide that advice, um, you know, uh, in, in a sort of you know financially sound manner for the business, but in a way that was affordable for the clients and that really really set them up properly for for their retirement years. They're really precious to them and taken away a huge worry of financial worry on top of everything else. Now, why have I talked about that? Well, the point being that I think. You know that what advisors you know could be doing more is is getting is trying to communicate this value. You know this has come up in previous years as well, where we had debates about fees. You know should you put fees on your website? Clients don't understand it. Oh, the FCA has got to done some research with customers. What do they think? Oh, they don't trust advisors. They think they're all crooks unless they've been to see an advisor and they think it's great. So that you know this clearly you know this this we talk about the advice gap. There's an understanding gap. Uh, it is it, clear to see and so putting aside for the moment there's you know issues to do with the numbers of advisors we have per <laughs> per kind of household in this country which needs to be massively bigger um 
there, there's still a sort of um, there, there is a there is a there is a d demand gap and uh, a, there is a, an understanding gap uh, that that could be solved and that would that would would stoke demand demand further and so on. So I think I'd like to see F more done anything more done by businesses to put themselves to to communicate that and 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 do things in that way, in that way. It's a really interesting point, actually, because I think with all we always get so hung up on the debate of fees, how you should run money, when you should give advice, etc. All of this, when actual fact, the real people you should be speaking to is the clients who comment on the intangible stuff that they've got from um, from, from receiving advice. And like you say, how, how yeah. do we actually? We need to do a bit of work on how we actually convey that to reach more people. Absolutely, and you know, we we uh, we ran a piece in our last magazine as a sort of companion with this talking to. Uh, Phil Bray from, from Yardstick, who did, you know, he, he, he it's his business to do this, okay, but but he was obviously advocating, you know, that you could put together client videos uh, and things like that. But um, but, but to be to be fair to him, he wasn't saying, you know, give me a call, <laughs> uh, you know, you could, he was giving tips on how to do this yourself, uh, which was good. Um, but you know, stuff like that. I mean, you know, again, I could say many things that you know that. I, I, you know, there are lots of issues right now. But for me, that was just uh, something that I thought there's so little of, of it done that there was a big area where, where things that it'd be really interesting to see what could change. And, I, and I'll tell you this, we had a conference speaker a few a couple of years ago who was, was a, a very successful entrepreneur and someone uh, who now has sort of gone on to another business in, in di digital business. And someone asked him in the, her own, in the audience, all right. Well, what did, what should we do? <laughs> you know, well, you know, okay. Well, tell, tell tell us how to change our business and make it better, make it better. And and she said content. It was really interesting. She's like, create content that's shareable because your biggest, you're still your biggest source of business will be referrals, but that will change. You know, you've got it's really sort of slow and organic at the moment. But create, you know, create content, create some, you know, and, and find a way for that to be um, passed around or, or visible. And that's and and that's and, and client basic client content and 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 that's going to be a really effective tool, um, and that was sort of three years ago, <laughs> so um, you know. But I, I think she's she's uh, she's she was probably right. Yeah, definitely stuff. And you've also been a, a contributor to the the Power Talks. You appeared with Laura and Alfie Mullen um, back in January, I think it was. So can you yeah. just tell us tell us a bit more about what that was, and uh, if people haven't watched it, you know what what it was all about. Yeah, well, well, I was I was invited uh, by virtue of the fact that Alfie, well, Alfie was my financial planner, and I had written an article talking about the the financial planning um, service, the experience that I'd received from Alfie uh, and uh, and uh, his his colleague uh, Joe Little, of course, at ELA. Um, now, of course, it, it wasn't uh, it was wasn't as general as that. There was a specific reason being that um, essentially their financial planning had helped uh, my wife and I um, fund uh, fertility treatment, uh, IVF. And it had a great had, had a happy ending because last September uh, she gave birth to our baby boy. Uh, so um, that was obviously a good news story. And obviously subsequent to his birth, I felt this was the right time to write write about it. Uh, and and I wrote a, about how they'd helped us, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, helped us fund fertility treatment, which where we live you had to pay for. Uh, and also sort of kept our, you know, importantly, kept our lives on track and our sense of meaning and purpose and progression on track throughout that. 
and and it was a lot a lot of that was uh through budgeting you know we, we hadn't we had to save um and we couldn't we couldn't invest a penny outside of our pensions because of that and and so that was tremendously uh, valuable and it was based on uh financial financial life planning i think both of them are, are actually trained specifically with george george kinder's outfit so that's what that's sort of the reason I was invited on. And, and Laura, as you mentioned there, is, is, a, is a money journalist who had been brought on as well. And it was uh, to, to kind of um, give, give another perspective. So it wasn't all about me and our, our article. I was there to sort of contribute my view. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And I was really interested in the uh, mission of PFS Power as well which see if forgive me if i'm wrong but it really seems to be about embedding financial planning in businesses and that re- that really struck me because i've been writing about financial planning f- for years and had come into new model advisor with everyone telling me oh you know that there's this thing financial planning you'll go to the you know the the, the institute of financial planning conference and there's all sorts of people there who'll be talking about it and i to be honest thought it was more widespread than it was but as I realised through PFS Power, there's there's plenty of people who kind of understand it or or can practice it themselves. But embedding it in a business through the process of business was more difficult. So that was in, that was another interesting thing. But yeah, I was there to talk about my own personal experience. Awesome, awesome. And I want to focus this bit, um, well, just on sort of new people coming into the profession because I know that you spoke probably speak to a lot of firms. If you, from your experience of speaking to advisors, speaking to firms that are doing good things. If you were to give one piece of advice to sort of new people that are coming into the profession who are thinking, which route should I go down? Where should I, what should I be looking for in a firm? What advice would you give? So this is a <laughs> this is a question of what, like, where should I if I'm choosing uh, which advice you know an advice firm to work at, what should I be looking for yeah. in that firm? Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you know. I, I I suppose let's think. You know, I've I've met now plenty of of young advisors um, through stuff we've done with with next next gen and so on. Um, look, they need. Uh, I mean, they, they they you need somewhere that's going to support you. I guess one of the things that I hear from people who end up moving on because they're not happy is they are kind of stuffed in a in the back room, not given opportunity, not given progression, not taken seriously. Um, you know, and and I think, you know, rec- and, and I suppose that's the big part of that is 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 that, you know, being able to being respected as a financial planner to talk to clients and not treated as too young or or anything like that I, I you know if you've got the qualifications you know that that i think straight away it seems like that firm needs to be getting you the, the hands-on experience as, as soon as possible and uh, and progressed i think um so yeah i think just that that you somewhere that i don't know that somewhere there there's a clear plan of how you'll fit into that organization and and the, and 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 uh and how you'll get, you know, you'll be, you know, developed as a as a financial planner. I mean, I, you know, there's this whole thing of the, the this uh, advisor gap thing, but uh, you know, I think that the, the all the members of Next Gen I've met, are extremely purposeful people. Um, you know, that that's that was what really comes across with a massive passion for financial planning and a hunger to understand how to, how to deal with clients, how to be with clients better. Um, and so I can imagine that anyone in that position who's at a firm that doesn't respect that 
uh, hasn't got a plan or in support, it, it's not. It's going to be, you know, that's going to be a really bad move. Um, yeah. So, so they that there needs to be that that meeting of minds, I suppose. Why do you think that some firms don't, you know, if if there was someone sitting at a firm now listening to this, thinking, yeah, my firm hasn't really bought into this proper financial planning that we seem to everyone seems to be talking about, but we're not doing. We're still product based. We're not you know, really we don't have sticky relationships with clients that are lifelong. So why why do you think some firms continue to to act like that? Do you think it's just easier to than to change and to go down this route of proper planning? I I think it's pragmatic issue. I don't think it's a sort of I don't think it's a philosophy thing where they say, oh, this you know, I don't believe in financial planning. I don't, I think firms all want long lasting relationships. They want, st- of course, you know, you said it, they want sticky relationships um, you, that, that develop over time. I And, you know, uh, now obviously, you know, do we think, you know, there's certain sort of financial planning methods are the best to do that? I think, I think they, they are. I mean, from my own experience it was it was you know it's i don't know i couldn't i i wouldn't i can't i just couldn't understand what a transactional service would have been like and um but i think um i think it's pragmatic i think it's just i think it's process it's you know you've got to understand there's that there's that uh you, you can outline how you do financial planning and understand it as an individual but I guess and i can't comment unless i'm running a business i think it's a lot more difficult to make that repeatable um i think that just seems to be the way again i said i don't know i don't know the reasons necessarily i have to have to look into that a lot more but but my impression is that it's a practical issue um to do with the way you know to do to do the to do with the difficulty of running a business (laughs) you know and and the pressures on that and the complexity of that hiring people you know again as you say you know that they, it's hard to find find people it's hard to train them it's hard to find all the time to do all these things keep up with compliance everything else and kind of embed something into your your, your business uh, effectively so i think it's practical i think it's practical yeah for sure for sure and well finally if people wanted to connect with you had any questions for you where's best for them to do that well send me uh, an email god that's old-fashioned an email <laughs> We wanted your social media handles, not Might your email well address. Facts, <laughs> it? facts. Well, look, do send me an email. I would love to get an email. It's, uh, it's, it's wrobbins uh, at citywire.co.uk. But I'm on social media. I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter at will underscore robbins. <laughs> um, and I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's good. I, I, I have to say, is that my age that I now really like LinkedIn? Yeah. It's so uh, sad. <laughs> it, it's a really great it's a bit it's a big playground for for advisors by the looks of it i see a lot of people on there i get more comments and engagement on there than i will on twitter which is a bit of a silly place really <laughs> so, seems like everyone's just yeah. everyone seems just to be arguing on twitter all the time yeah, i don't, yeah, don't I mean, want it too much anymore everyone's trying to go feed, the feed the, the feed debate just rumbles on doesn't it every day i think <laughs> it's uh the feed debate no has no beginning and no end on, on no. twitter <laughs> So I agree with that. LinkedIn's a LinkedIn's a great place. I like that. It's easy to get in touch with people, it seems. Uh and uh I find it easy to 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 track down the messages and uh there's some nice little debates and I post regularly, so so check out my posts. Um <laughs> but yeah, that's a nice way. Or 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 email me or, or send, awesome. send send a letter to CityWire. We got one the other day. 
Uh, I was very excited. Yeah, but that, that probably stands <laughs> out more. A letter, write a handwritten letter to CityWire. Oh. That would be fun. I mean, I'd be, I'd, you, I'll guarantee a reply. <laughs> Will, you're a good man. Thank you very much for coming on. Best of luck with everything over at New Model Advisor and take care of yourself. Well. Thanks very much.